Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Terminator Genesis, with I'm sure some spoilers about the rest of the series as well. We've seen Terminator Genesis, we're going to be talking about the ending. I know that it's a film that suffers from too much in the trailer-itis, which means... Yeah, that, probably... that was one Well, that was one of the strangest things, yeah. Yeah, seeing so much of the film in the trailer, but we are going to talk about anything that's not in the trailer as well, so you've been warned. I had no idea what to expect sitting down. I wasn't involved in the making of the film. I didn't direct it, I didn't write it. I'm just a fanboy. It's my dark theater. Movie starts. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. And I start to see things I recognize. It's being very respectful of the first two films. Nice night for a walk, eh? Your clothes, give them to me, now. And all of a sudden, it just swerves. I've been waiting for you. And now I'm going on a journey. I feel like the franchise has been reinvigorated. Like this is a renaissance. Come with me if you want to live. Everything's changed. If you look at why the films became classics, they had characters that you liked. The Terminator, it is nice to meet you. I've been trying to teach him to blend in. I know it needs work. The new film, which in my mind I think of as the third film, we see Arnold take the character even farther. Everybody responds to Sarah Connor. Nice try. For women, I think she represents a kind of empowerment. And yet there's a vulnerability there because that strength comes at a price. John. Hi, How can you be here? We went from, in the first film, the Terminator being the worst badass in history, to in the second film, him being almost a father figure. What are you doing? John! The idea of taking John Connor and flipping him to the bad guy. What have they done to my son? Survival is what you taught me. It's pretty cool because you got to riff against expectation. It's all about the twists. I'm not machine, not man, I'm more. If you like the Terminator films, Run! I'll be back. You're going to love this movie. Lloyd, uh, danger in rewriting the history of a beloved franchise here. You know, when they basically say other movies don't even matter and things that happen don't even matter, they skip over with time machine and time travel over the uh, stuff people love. Where did you land with Terminator Genesis? <laughs> well, as you said, I just want to get back to the trailer. I, I honestly didn't think much about seeing John Connor as the bad guy in the trailer. But when I saw the film... That scene was supposed to be a surprise. I have uh, read somewhere that the director, Alan Taylor, he wasn't happy with the marketing at all. And what I think happened was that after the initial screening of the movie, the studio went into crisis meetings and had to think of a way to sell the movie. And I think yeah. they panicked. That's why you got James Cameron making that... Um, you know saying that i was really impressed with this movie it's r really a good throwback and r respectful of the original too and i mm. i thought that was a brilliant move but at the same time i don't know you're sort of cheapening james cameron a bit by doing here's that. your big bag of money james if you wouldn't <laughs> mind just looking at the camera now <laughs> but it's strange he doesn't need the money i i, I think it was a, a case uh, pulling a favor for someone like it, it was really weird um i thought the marketing team really butchered a lot of the drama i think it was a very poor choice on their half and um i, I don't i don't think they did the drama any favors at all yeah the alternate ending to terminator salvation is something that gets discussed a lot mcg's terminator film that most people disliked i'm sure you're in that boat yeah i only just recently saw this uh saw that movie for for this one i thought it looked fantastic 
Um, there's some brilliant ideas in it. The last 40 minutes just became so bland and boring. Like, yeah, but I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I, I'd probably put Terminator Genesis as the worst Terminator movie so far. The, uh, the twist of McG's Terminator Salvation was that going to be uh, that John Connor was a Terminator. They were going to have John Connor die, and then, spoilers here for Terminator Salvation, of course, because Sam Worthington plays a Terminator in that film, they were going to put John Connor's face onto Sam Worthington's terminator body i suppose and then that way the head of the resistance you know the ideas live on that there's this now this unkillable john connor who's actually a terminator who would be leading them you know um which would give them an advantage i suppose the I, 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 I thought it was they put the heart of sam worthington into john connor that's what actually happened oh i see sorry yeah the original script had uh christian bale's character of john connor dying and then the face going on to Sam Worthington. But that script didn't, like, that, it didn't eventuate. That's not what they made because of uproar from fans and, like, people saying that would be terrible and, you know, it being so controversial. But then here, in Terminator Genesis, they've done exactly that and made John Connor a Terminator. And sure, they've done it slightly differently, having the physical embodiment of Skynet, played by Matt Smith from uh, the Doctor Who uh, series, you know, uh, inject his hand into John Connor's mouth or whatever and uh, transform him into a Terminator because that's as easy as it is in the future. They've taken the exact twist of making the ultimate good, the head of the resistance, and turning him evil or into a Terminator, into the thing they're fighting, I suppose. I don't know about this mythology change. I really didn't like this John Connor and I think it was because he did big monologues and because of the actor, who I can only see as... Uh, I keep seeing him as that Planet of the Apes guy. You know, the character he played in Planet of the Apes. And that's partly, you know, my own fault. But I didn't like the casting of almost everyone in this film. Yeah, I I, I actually like Jason Clark. I, I, I don't mind him at all. And I like Jay, Jai Courtney. And I'm not just saying that because I'm Australian, of course. <laughs> I as well am Australian, but I really got to prefer the original Carl Reese. Oh, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Don't you think that, I suppose, when uh, Linda Hamilton gets told, I came across time for you, Sarah, you know, you believe it. Oh, there's so much I want to talk about with that. <laughs> I mean, this was one of your favourite love stories, uh, like uh, romance across time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I, in our podcast, The Best Sex Seeds, you guys should definitely check that one out. My number one pick was the love scene between Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor in Terminator 1. And what made that great for me is the build-up of the two characters there was an arc to their story you feel michael bean's emotions when he says he came back through time for her and you feel that when they do make love it's sonic beyond the flesh that what they are doing is for the future and the music the close-ups of their hands which really contrasts nicely with their struggle against the heartless machine that's chasing them which is you know the terminator with arnold schwarzenegger where was all this in genesis like i thought you had two very good looking actors who i feel under a proper director and script could maybe have pulled sonic off but there was nothing you know we, we get a story as heartless and as cold as the villain skynet i, th I think the movie was made to purely exploit the name of the franchise in hope to make as much money as possible and they didn't care at all about telling a good story and i feel sorry for everyone involved because this is a really dumb action movie really like rather than treat the terminator franchise with respect they favored action scenes and effects to gain as wide an audience as possible it feels like a massive cash grab i'm absolutely with you there and uh, even more so because the rights are reverting back to James Cameron in 20, 2019. Cash in as much as possible. Well, they're trying to get a trilogy. They're trying to squeeze out a trilogy before 2019. So, I mean, the ending of this film is sort of open-ended. You don't know whether or not they're even going to ever conceive John Connor. And, and heads up, uh, my twist, I'm sure they're going to do twins. That they're going to have... Uh, they're going to conceive and there's going to be twins. Then you're going to have one that sort of will be maybe they'll hide one very star wars-esque you know there's one that the terminators know about and one that they don't and that's who sent pops back you know we don't know if this is going to make a lot of money because it's failed in america but it's overseas 
um, sales could do really well. We've seen that before. Um, but with Terminator Salvation, they were really hoping for a trilogy with that. I have read a lot of things about that, how they were, you know, they're Moritz, Moritz Borman, I think his name is. The guy um, is an amazing producer. He produced Alexander and a whole bunch of Oliver Stone films. Um, uh, they, they definitely wanted a trilogy out of that. And it's obvious here in Genesis, they'd want to do the same. They want to franchise um, the film. And. A lot of people keep bringing up the part about how they talk about who sent the Terminator back to protect Sarah Connor, Connor yeah. and Arnold says it's classified and they don't know, but then it's never brought up again. I think they're hoping, you know, of course, to make this into a trilogy, explain it that way, but it's so awful. Like, I don't think anyone wants to see it, That and, and you know, this, that's the same thing with Terminator Salvation, just people didn't care. Do you know in the future when Skynet is putting humans into camps for extermination that's the line from the i wrote that down putting them into camps for extermination why don't they just kill them i'm not sure like uh, you get the, the sense from um kyle reese when he's explaining like he shows the tattoo like um the marks on his hands like he's been labeled with a barcode and he he's grown up in those death camps and i think that humans were just built to work so like you know slaves for the machines building things because i always wondered that myself are the machines do why don't the machines just wipe them out maybe they're doing experiments on the humans maybe there's some darker element to that but it's never really explained or explored um in in the movie yeah because i mean they do sort of seem like they need to study humans in order to make the like skin of humans for terminators authentic you know they needs to be they need to be able to disguise themselves but i would think that robots would use robots to more efficiently build things i mean humans need to sleep and rest and eat and there's you know if you think about the matrix for example they're using humans for batteries beyond that that's it you know they don't need them to build things they're just keeping them because they're like a power source or something. and it's weird how the skynet always builds its machines to look like humans when the human body is really I don't think an effective killing machine. It should be more like a bug or a spider or a, or something like that. Like not every machine looks like a cyber or cyborg, a skeleton walking around with two legs holding a machine gun. It would be something much more of an efficient design. But you can argue that's remnants of Skynet's design, which was to ultimately as a defensive system against um, opposing powers to America. So that's why it replicates so much from its um, creators. It, You know, they built, um, they probably did build cyborgs as bodyguards, um, Skynet originally, you know, to protect the shores of America, maybe. I'm not sure. But I think they may have had some really great ideas in the original screenplay of this movie, but I think they chose to make this a really dumb action movie. The The big issue is that no Terminator film, let's just face it, face it like since Terminator 2, no Terminator film has had James Cameron attached to it. Terminator 1 and 2 is an intelligent film with so much depth, and I think this highlights you know what a dumb action movie is and what an intelligent action movie is because essentially what terminator 1 and 2 are are, are action movies uh terminator 1 is a semi-low budget sci-fi film that turned into one of the greatest movies of all time it had a budget of eight million dollars and there's heavy themes there that explore technology the very question of humanity and ai and there are these themes in genesis but they aren't really explored it's like they're just part of the franchise and i like to think that compare this movie like i think it's as much of a mess as furious 7 which we reviewed on this podcast and i like to compare the villain john connor to the villain that jason statham played in furious 7 like he conveniently just appears out of nowhere mainly to put an action scene in the movie and there is a point where it doesn't become exciting it just becomes boring and tiresome uh, to me all the action scenes in both Terminator 1 and 2 were beautifully constructed. Like, James Cameron never abused them. When Sarah Connor tries to assassinate Dyson, it's one of the most emotionally charged scenes, like, I've ever seen. It's beautifully shot and edited, but it's extremely well acted by both Linda Hamilton and Joe Morton, the guy who plays Dyson. We have nothing like that in Genesis. There is no emotional scene. It's just action scene 
after action scene but they they could have gone like there was a promising theme there with the father and daughter relationship with uh, how sarah connor has grown up with the terminator which she calls paps is it or pops Pops, Pops, yeah yeah uh pretty much a father and i think that idea is fantastic and i love it how when they're loading up with various weapons in the bunker hideout and she sees all the photos of her when she was young and there's that like drawing you get like a sense of humanity with the terminator but it's such a small part of the terminator genesis it's sacrificed in favor for more action scenes the only sorry the the only moment jai courtney has in the film when he's loading a machine gun magazine with the terminator and they're both competing at how fast they can do it and that's it other than that he, he jai courtney's like a cardboard cutout that whole sequence where they're loading the guns that annoyed me so much i wrote a note that he's had years waiting for them to turn up and he hasn't loaded anything he hasn't (laughs) i was just like what's he been doing he got all that stuff he set up the bunker and then he just sat there like he powered down something just i don't know well the big thing i think um you just watched it recently uh the red letter media did a whole ask doctor scientist about the you know what, what terminator genesis is all about and how it works the time travel the i think bi- it's uh, they explain the timeline they, they explain the timeline the biggest fault in the movie they have a time machine once you introduce that you know a world of plot holes opens but the biggest one is why do they go to terminate genesis two hours or a couple hours before the uh, the software is launched why didn't they go oh, heaps before that that's like yeah really sticking out at you just like all right well i'll buy this for now <laughs> and also i mean when in 1974 when they try and kill nine-year-old sarah connor why don't they then go back to try it earlier 1973 1971 you know just catch her off guard or send three terminators back send 100 terminators back well, james cameron important? got around that in one and two because the implication was skynet was about to be obliterated and they sent two terminators back in time just out of desperation in hope to to stop john connor being born and one was 1984 and then one was like 995 i think it was 992 whenever um terminator 2 came out and mm yeah and that's it but you get the sense that oh wow john connor was about to destroy them all and you sort of buy that but the reason why those two films work is because they're so well told it's got so much heart you don't think about the plot holes because terminator genesis and salvation was so bad it just you just focus a lot on the plot holes you're like well i'm not buying this the drama so i'm I'm thinking about the logic you know as long if you have good heart if the story has really good heart you forgive the plot holes just like back to the future yeah there's so there's not as many plot holes in back to the future though i mean this one there's so many time machines there's you know there's one in the future there's one in the past they can build one they can power it with terminators look i want to talk about the terminator fights very briefly what did you think they brought in the liquid metal terminator cop and then they defeated him very easily with like an acid shower and uh kind of showed how simple it would have been to defeat the liquid metal terminator in judgment the, day the new liquid metal is played by byung han lee um and i thought he was absolutely amazing i think he's incredible i think robert patrick would have been really proud the fight scenes he has with the terminator and carl reese i thought were awesome i thought they were really really fun and i actually thought they really struggled with him like i I thought they had it set up they knew what terminator they were facing and they had the weaponry to like the implication when they when they first fight the terminator the um the arnold schwarzenegger the the original terminator um and they they were able to set up on him with the 50 cal gun and get it right into its heart so they knew what exactly they were facing and i felt like they knew the liquid metal was coming so they were able to set up um put all that uh in a place where it has acid above them and she was able to shoot it down like rain so they had that advantage but you saw the power of the liquid metal i I actually think the liquid metal terminator is much more powerful than um john connor's liquid metal transformation um he's not affected by magnets that's my main thing and he can pour in and out i thought one of the coolest greatest villains in all of cinema Oh, you'll be thrilled though with what happens to t-800 arnie at the end of the movie then (laughs) because the whole movie has a theme about how he's old but not obsolete and he's uh, packing those bullets in so you know he's got like some kind of parkinson's type handshaking going on he has to work on and uh i, I love that it's old they've done they did really well of that idea of and credit to the cgi the special effects oh my gosh they were amazing they really sold it to me the 1984 um terminator 
um, how the, how he was fighting them. It looked amazing. Obviously, they digitized Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. They moved him around, but it looked absolutely brilliant. And I love the idea of this Terminator who's much older and war-torn and um, a lot more battle scars on him. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I loved all of that. Yeah, they uh, they brought in the younger CGI Arnie and they couldn't do much with him. They had to make that scene short. Oh, really? Well, I mean, if you see it on screen, they sort of can't keep him around. They just kind of get rid of him pretty quickly. And in a way, it's saying, here are the events of Terminator 1 with the original Arnie, you know, T-800. Great, they killed him. Here's a liquid metal one, you know. That's how you tie in Terminator 2. They're trying to do everything. Terminator 3, The Rise of the Machines with Claire Danes, ended with Judgment Day, and now they've moved Judgment Day, so the events of that film don't matter. Uh, Just wiped out, you know, Terminator Salvation just uh i don't know they're sort of spitting on the legacy of terminator it's very frustrating to watch i i think i watched it and i was just kept sort of going no that's not very good oh that's not great whatever and then by the end i was like oh and then the more time has passed since i've watched it the less i've enjoyed it like the more i think that it is terrible (laughs) well are you referring to three four and five or you're just referring to genesis just genesis at the moment look there's small redeeming features in each terminator movie but you kind of hoped this would be the one i mean arnie's back they did say james cameron was attached even though it felt like a (laughs) you know uh, sorry like a approved even though it felt like a paid endorsement (laughs) the thing is too i mean just casting wise do you know who jk simmons is from whiplash no uh the guy who plays j jonah jameson in the original spider-man series he yeah he was in this one and he was completely wasted. He just won an Oscar for Whiplash, supporting actor. And in this, he's just like, uh, what's going on? Who are you guys? He's a caricature, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he was completely underused. I I was just kept thinking he was going to do something. And then at the end, they get in the helicopter. And as they take off, he just walks away. And that is the end of his involvement. He is there just to help them escape from the police station and i'm convinced that they're only in the police station so they could do a funny lineup photo where arnie smiles and stuff you know because that was what my audience laughed at i don't know about yours Uh, my audience laughed quite a few times i and i was in the i really wanted to to like this movie and there were a couple of us like when the parts that i laughed at were only in reference to what I guess a diehard Terminator 1 and 2 fan would find funny. Like, at the very beginning of Terminator 1, there's a guy in a truck, um, you know, and all this electrical storm comes. He goes, what the hell? You know, I laughed at that part, and another guy behind me laughed at that part because me and my brother would always quote that line. You know, and he goes, wash day tomorrow, nothing clean. I love all that. and You know, it was just great to hear those lines modernized again. You know, it kind of butchers it and cheapens it in a way, but... Yeah, there was a couple of us laughing throughout it. And yes, that scene at the police station got a lot of laughs. The two biggest laughs of the film were when he did big cheesy grins. And <laughs> I don't know what that says about my audience. but I want to say, everybody Jai in- Courtney has been receiving a lot of negativity by film nerds recently. And that's mainly because of his role in Die Hard 4 or 5. I, I don't know which one. I've sort of lost interest after number 3. And now, of course, um, this movie. I personally, as I said, don't have any issues with Jai Courtney. Um, I really liked him in Jack Reacher. And I thought, you know, he was a really cool villain in that movie. I just think the script and direction here was really awful. And they, they they just didn't have any room to move. Like, I really believe this movie will hurt his career as much as Terminator Salvation hurt Sam Worthington's career. Two Australians, by the way. I really like Elia Clark. I think she's a very pretty girl. And yes, I'm a fan of Game of Thrones. And she looks great as a young Sarah Connor. The big issue for these two actors is, as you said, Dave, they are coming off the great performances of Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean, who is one of my favorite action stars of all time. Of course, playing Kyle Reese in Terminator 1 and, of course, Hicks in Aliens. And Jai Courtney ain't no no Michael Bean. (laughs) Um, Terminator Genesis doesn't have a respectable script. It doesn't have a director or producer who is adequate in dealing with this material. I really do believe that they think the Terminator franchise is Transformers. And I really do believe that. And what's worse about this is they have 
Arnold Schwarzenegger who is really trying. Uh, I don't think there is anything wrong with Arnold Schwarzenegger at all. I just think he needs a good script and a director and producer who will respect him. And this film doesn't try to explore anything or slow down for the characters or slow down for some of the technophobic themes the franchise raises and it tries to shoehorn as many action scenes as possible squeeze in as many references to the first two terminator films as much as possible and if you do that it dilutes anything any heart of the story that it tries to raise see uh jurassic world which we just reviewed on the podcast had all that nostalgic fun and it pointed to the first film that everybody loved but it did it right you know Um, it had a good it had a decent enough story that that and it respected itself it respected the first film and it respected the story that it was telling the thing is uh there's been some criticism i've read that arnold schwarzenegger is no longer a box office draw yeah i've read that one too yeah he can no longer bring the audience and i was thinking about who the current version of arnie would be and it must be dwayne johnson the rock yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Absolutely. Either I, that or because because of Guardians of the Galaxy, Batista. Uh, but it would be like a pro wrestler, you know? I don't know if they can recast the Terminator successfully at this time. I feel like you almost need a reboot of the whole thing well, uh, with... I, I saw the Terminator I ride or show at Universal Studios in Los Angeles. And if anyone is planning to go to the US and hasn't been to Universal Studios... I highly recommend you go because it is amazing. Go watch the Terminator show. It's a live show. You basically go into Skynet and a a PR lady tells you about the future of Skynet, what are they designing and everything. And then you're rushed into this movie theater where a movie plays in time with the actors running to the stage, explosions, smoke, and it's like all in 3D. Some of the best 3D I have ever seen. And the show was directed by James Cameron himself. And when that show ended, the entire crowd, including myself, all stood up and applauded. We were shouting like I was almost in tears. It was so beautiful. The actors really poured their hearts into that performance. Um, oh, it was amazing. It, I thought it was magical. I won't spoil anything, but to me, that was the final Terminator. One and two and the live show. It really ties it up. Um, so Terminator... Wow. So it's a fresh it, it, story. It, it's a fresh story, yeah. And it, it ties it up in the end. I don't want to spoil what they do at the end. Um, Terminator 3, Salvation, and Genesis, um, they they keep retaining back to Terminator 1, 2. Do you think Terminator is a big enough world where they can tell other stories in it? Like, other, get away from John Connor, get away from the time-traveling thing, and just tell other stories? Like, I know they ran a TV series which ended abruptly, and some people are fans of it, but... I don't know. To me, it just seems crazy that they keep they they spend hundreds of millions of dollars trying to tell a story that's already been told. It's done. It's tied up. There's nowhere else to go in that story. Agreed. I think it really needs to be like, uh, and as you say, the TV series also focused on Sarah Connor. It was the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and which is hard to say. I think you need to have time has changed. It's no longer, he's no longer the leader of the resistance. Things have changed and you need to introduce new characters who don't know they're special and who don't know their involvement and don't know what, like they don't have to be all the lieutenants of the resistance, you know, because that was like a Terminator 3 thing. The Terminator was back to kill all the lieutenants and John Connor's wife and, you know, I feel like the resistance itself is all that Skynet is fighting. That's all that's left. Like... I feel like you need to do something insane to get people back on board. Like, you need to have, in the future, aliens have invaded, or aliens have invaded, and we've sent Terminators back to stop the aliens that are going to kill off the humans or something. And there needs to be, like, a insane crossover. That, that, I think that's you know? an absolutely brilliant idea. Yes, like, do something completely left field. I'm not saying bring in the Avatar creatures from Na'vi or whatever into this world, like any crazy things like that. But you're you're right. Wouldn't it be cool, cool to see the Terminator, the Skynet, be with the humans now? Like we've beaten Skynet, now we're utilizing its power fighting aliens. Or well, what about another one? Just you know, we're in, set in the future war, and just some humans are, are, are siding with Skynet, and they have to fight them. I, I don't know something like that. They can tap. There's a world there they can tap into, and it doesn't doesn't always have to be John Connor and Sarah Connor and you know Kyle Reese all the time. Kyle yeah. Reese, yeah. Well, I mean, I think 
the conclusion for me of making like the enemy of my enemy is my friend you have to put humans on the side of the robots you have to have us find a good thing about skynet it's lucky we have this uh technology but i don't know if you stuck around to the end credits no of way <laughs> mid-credits they had a quick scene and it was like uh this red light goes on and then like a holographic projection of uh, matt smith's character so the skynet embodiment uh flickers like he's still conscious and that's it so they're saying there'll be more it's uh, the quickest laziest kind of um i don't even know saying that stick around this is gonna be a trilogy you <laughs> does know. anyone care <laughs> yeah, it's like um know. uh planet of the apes was so awful the remake with tim burton um yet that film was so hugely successful it made 300 million only cost 100 million or something like that only cost 100 million um but it so it made <laughs> a lot of money and they really wanted tim burton to do another one and tim burton said i'd rather jump out of a window um, then do it, and yeah. all the actors said, "Well, if Tim Burton isn't doing it, I have no interest at all." And the studios wanted so bad to do a sequel to that film, and it just fizzled when Tim Burton said that. With this one, if it is a success overseas, and they do choose to make a two and a three, I really don't want to see that because this one was so bad. Even if they can make a Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, I don't think they're going to do anyone any favours because the first one was that bad. I, it's just hard to ignore it, look past And you're going to almost have to reboot it and pretend it doesn't exist. Sort of like what they did with Highlander 3. They pretended Highlander 2 just didn't exist. Sorry, I haven't seen Winter Soldier. Is Winter Soldier a no, bad movie? No, it's very good. It's better, so much so it's better than the first one. So I'm saying if they right, can pull okay. off a Winter Soldier, you know, like a, a sequel that's heaps better than the first one, um, I, I don't think too many people would care because the first one is that bad. It's interesting that in Terminator Genesis that it's rated PG in the States, which translates to M here in Australia. And, like, you want a big action film, but this is also something they're trying to get families to see. Um, when I went to the movies, there was somebody sitting in my seat because they're numbered seating. And uh, so I went over and, like, as I was approaching, there was a family of four two adults, two grown-up teenage sons. The dad said, oh, are we in your seats? And I said, yeah, I'm just this one here. And, and they said, yeah, no worries. And they got up and moved to the seats behind. Like, they were just trying to get a better seat than they'd paid for, obviously, but they were happy to move. And then as I sat there, they were talking, and they said, we're not going to move again. No, no, we're not going to move. And the, the adult sons, or I don't know how old they were, the late teenagers, uh, let's say 18-ish, and they were saying, no, look, we should just sit where we got the tickets for. And the dad was saying, no. I'm not going to sit behind those kids. Like, who brings kids to Terminator anyway? He said that. You know? <laughs> yeah. He, his seats had been placed near some annoying kids. And there were, there were little kids around, like, getting into this M-rated movie because you, you can get into it. MA is when you need to have ID to uh, prove you're 15 in Australia. And so you're getting this film that's supposed to be family-friendly... And it's going up against Jurassic World. And that, what do you take your kids to? Jurassic World. <laughs> In <Yeah>. a heartbeat. <laughs> and if not Jurassic World, you're going to go see Inside Out or Minions. Like, it, it's competing in an opening. Like, it, it's opening against these films that it has no right opening against. Like, I don't, I don't see Terminator being financially successful. It will be fine. They will make their trilogy, I'm sure. They'll make enough do, money. Do you, th do you really do believe that? Like, um, you don't think it'll be like a Terminator salvation? Like, oh, the first one no one liked. Um, I guess we're not going to do one, two, and three. No, this is their cash grab. They're, they're trying to do the trilogy before 2019. They've probably already decided to make another one. Arnie and everyone are probably already attached, and they probably already have a, a date in mind to shoot. Probably the script is what they'll try and rework. They'll try and undo any damage this film has done and try and make the next one bigger. What if, what if it's a case like um, uh, Planet of the Apes where the actors just don't want to do it? I would guess they would like Hunger Games and stuff. That when you get these actors on board, you're signing them for the trilogy. I would say they have options to well, keep Well, it's them a different world since Planet of the Apes. I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, look, if you can get two people to naked time travel together in this film... <laughs> Who knows what you can do in the next one? I don't want to gloat, Dave, but I called it. I did say this film was going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not... I, I don't... Like, I know this movie's been getting a lot of hate, 
I, I don't hate this movie. I'm just really disappointed in it. I was really hoping, because they had Arnie back, and I'm a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm a huge, huge fan of the Terminator 1 and 2, I was just hoping for a fun movie just like Jurassic World because we talk so much about how nostalgia sells and, you know, our the films that we grew up, grew up with are now the $100 million films of today, like that everyone's remaking it and sort of thing so i was just hoping to have a bit of fun with it oh cool you know the 984 film is here and i'm just so disappointed with this movie it just they again they just didn't respect the material uh, enough they they just chose to make a really mind-numbing action film and when i mean mind-numbing i mean exactly what it means like it's just non-stop action film uh, action scenes and you get so diluted you just don't care what happens in the story because your brain is constantly turned off yeah, you know, just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that. You could tune in and out and not miss anything. And the bits where they tried to nod to the original, like they had Arnie come into the um, the hospital with a giant yeah, bear. Yeah, I laughed at that. <laughs> and if, if you didn't know there was a gun in there, you've never seen the Terminator. <laughs> That's a great point. It was uh, mimicking the old roses of the Terminator 2, I believe, that he was carrying around, you know, the big dozen roses. And they had that fight on the Pepsi Max machine. Did you see the vending machine? <laughs> I didn't notice that, no. Oh, it's such a big Pepsi Max ad. When, when you see it on TV or, you, you know, you see it again. I don't know, man. This is the kind of thing... All the, the bus stuff, you know. San Francisco seems to be getting all these movies. Like, Planet of the Apes, the new ones were shot in San Francisco as well. I love San Francisco. I only went there for two days, but it's a beautiful city. Yeah, and going over the Golden Gate Bridge, that seems to be, like, a real movie thing now. You know, that just that bridge is overused in movies. Who sent back Arnie? Who do you think sent it back? Uh, I, I, because it's classified. That's a great question. Um, I want to say, you know when, at the end, when they blow up Skynet and all the five buildings of Skynet blow up? And it's just like, oh, do they set up bombs everywhere in all those buildings? It looked like they didn't have enough time. Um, Like somebody brought that up in a um, review. And I was like, man, at that point, my mind was so numb. I didn't even think of any logic. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, an alien could come down and say peace on Earth. And I wouldn't wouldn't phase me at all at that point because I was so mind numb. So, like... I didn't even think of that. Who sent back to the Terminator? We never even got a um, an, an answer to that question in this movie. I didn't even think about that until I started reading the reviews. Okay, I th- I thought they were going to answer this movie, and then when they didn't, I knew that it would be the the subject for the next film or the next one in the trilogy. I mean, having the whole third act in that Cyberdyne uh, facility. And using, like, the partially built time machine to kill John Connor. That was all so, like, drawn out and it was numbing, like you say. But, I mean, the whole, like, liquid metal that's just floating around was only there to turn the T-800 Arnie Pops into, like, a liquid metal Terminator. And I don't know the properties of liquid metal, but as well, at the beginning, when the liquid metal Terminator of you know, the cop, uh, drips liquid metal into the Arnie one and, like, brings him back to life and stuff. I mean, I didn't know liquid metal was... uh, This feels like they've given it some fantastical properties, you know? Yeah, they've extended its powers, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, just upgraded him. Keeping around Pops at the end of this film, I feel like, gives you all the technology that could create Skynet and stuff in the future. Because, you know, remember the end of, uh, everybody does, the end of Terminator 2, you know, he has to destroy himself with a thumbs up in the lava uh, because there can be no trace of him. But here they're like, Skynet's defeated. Let's drive away in our, you know, mystery machine from (laughs) Scooby-Doo and have adventures together. I want to say quickly that, by the way, when he gets sunk into the lava, that we did a podcast on our favorite death scenes of all time. And both Dave and I chose that in our top fives because it really affected us when we were really young. It was one of the greatest moments of our movie going experience. It was such an emotional scene. 
where the Terminator um, hugs John Connor for the last time, and he goes, "I understand now why you guys why you do this, but it's something I can never do." And then the Terminator sinks into the ground and dies and gives the last thumbs up. Oh, it is so beautiful! It was such an enchanting scene. Um, and yeah, as you said, the reason why terminator fans are so aggressive um towards any sequels of the terminators is because if you're going to undo all that magic you know kids people who are watching the terminator one and two after they've seen salvation are going to have that in mind it's like oh no he doesn't really die he comes back this timeline doesn't exist you know you're just hurting the franchise even more female um this movie is a movie for guys really so there's a lot of speculation that they could do like a female offspring of John and Sarah Connor, you know, and thereby kind of, you know, have like a tough heroine, I suppose, uh, for the franchise. And I mean, we've recently seen uh, Furiosa played by Charlize Theron in Mad Max. You know, women are getting better roles in films and like tough action movies may be better with, you know, females on board. We've got an all-female Ghostbusters. Things are skewing uh, in a feminine direction and... That's fine. I'm totally cool with it. But uh, I just thought I would say, like, twins would be better. Well, I think they do have the greatest, one of the greatest female characters of all time in all of movies, which is Sarah Connor. Um, But it's really owned by Linda Hamilton. And again, I really like the actress, uh, the Game of Thrones chick. Oh my gosh, Amelia Clark. (laughs) Um, I really do like her. And I do think she's been getting a lot of flack for this role as one of the worst actresses. I just think it was just a bad script and very poor direction. That director who's come across, um, you know, Alan Taylor, he's done a lot of Game of Thrones. Um, done a couple of movies he just he he doesn't have he's just not adequate in dealing with this kind of material and they really hurt and butchered the character of Sarah Connor who's one of the greatest female um, characters of all time because you see her in Terminator 1 and 2 transition from a almost helpless woman to a very powerful aggressive strong um, person you know who takes fate into their hands sort of thing Alan Taylor yeah is that the director's name I'd uh I haven't seen enough Game of Thrones or any Game of Thrones to really be across it. I did wonder if this was stunt casting with Amelia Clark because, you know, um, does she get nude a lot in Game yes. of Thrones? So I wondered if people would think, you know, she would nude up because you can time travel in the nude, things like that. But I wasn't sure. Alan Taylor's done Thor 2, which I watched on DVD and I found so boring. I didn't mind Terminate. Oh, sorry, Thor 2 at all, yeah. Okay, well, I was just like, oh, when is this going to end? Just... Like somebody said, it does nothing for the whole entire Avengers world. You know, it's just like a little drop in the ocean, and then moving on. You know, it's just an excuse to make an action movie. But no, there were a lot of positive things I found in it. Like great design to the villain. Um, it was very funny, and it was an enjoyable, fun movie. You know, and I I thought he was very promising when he when his name was helmed for Terminator Genesis. So um, it just unfortunately he wasn't. My my big takeaway from Terminator Genesis and. Look, I didn't know what Genesis stood for, you know, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Instagrammed a picture back when he was on the set and he announced the name, you know, it said Terminator Genesis on the back of his chair and he was like, you know, get excited, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is that, you know? And it's like a system that syncs up your phone and computer and tablets and everything so they can all be shared, which I don't know that people would really be counting down to that. doesn't seem to be anything really new in that system like i mean i suppose your front door talks to your computer and like your fridge tells you when you're out of food and this sort of stuff already exists i don't know if that's such a great sort of thing as well you've got that one scene where john connor puts his hand robot john connor uh puts his hand on the screen and he can just already sort of interface with everything like isn't he kind of a living embodiment of skynet himself do we really need to go and try and make the Matt Smith version? It sort of feels like John Connor is already the equivalent of Skynet. And if he just kind of interfaced with a computer, couldn't he just kind of Wi-Fi himself all around and take over It's everything? weird how Kyle Reese gets a present of um, Genesis counting down. So he effectively gets an app as a present. Could you imagine a kid at a birthday party <laughs> going, you know, you're going, oh... You've got in. Oh, I got you a present. Oh, cool! It's Instagram. Yeah, but it won't work for another, you know, a couple of months. Oh, this is the best present ever. What kid would think that? You know. 
cool. I'm just going to put this down and not play. So with he, he got a box <laughs> with a timer, you know. <laughs> yeah, that stuff with the young Kyle Reese gave me the shits. Was nothing to do with the actor. The plot hole that theoretically they keep saying theoretically like that's going to answer it. The plot hole that they that he remembers both timelines and that's how they know to time travel to. 2017 instead of 1997 um and who cares if they went to 1997 imagine if they jumped to 1997 skynet wasn't around yet and they could spend 20 years falling in love with each other and like fighting together to stop it all happening wouldn't that be a better trilogy anyway they jumped to 2017 two days before skynet's about to launch which is silly and when they get there uh arnie's terminator isn't there waiting for them and their coordinates put them on a road which was all stupid and kyle reese gets hit by a car which doesn't hurt him at all which somebody i've read online speculated that that means he's a terminator which uh, i don't know why not that seems to be the way it seems to be the way this is going but the fact that he remembers two timelines he remembers because he was in a, like a time bubble when they were sending him back things changed and therefore he can remember his childhood with and without anyway and then he tells his young self to tell himself in the mirror that genesis is skynet over and over again like the parents weren't around for that (laughs) they're like who are these strange people talking to my kid in the front yard and then the kid's not like i trust you you know whatever I feel like it would have been better if Carl Reese had said, I'm you from the future and like something really memorable. Then the kid would have gone, oh my gosh, I do need to remember this. Did they need to though? I thought they were safe in the timeline or Sonic that they were anomaly. Like they didn't really need to do those things to make sure that they, I don't know. No, absolutely. The fact that it had all finished, then it was him telling this kid something to remember which was about a timeline that didn't exist anymore or that it already it had already happened he's done it outside of time anyway couldn't they have had them find out genesis was skynet another way and not have any child carl reese or you could have just you could have just brought him in for that police scene so they go you know we've id'd you as carl reese and we're bringing in the other carl reese you know whatever just to see if there's any kind of did you know this guy is he a relation is he an uncle and then they're in jeopardy as well and you get sarah connor seeing carl reese as a child that's fine but all the stuff where they go to his house and he gets genesis as a gift i was like what is this just what did, you know when the helicopter scene happened and jai courtney gets on top of um john connor's helicopter and they both know what they're doing and I guess the Terminator says I'll be back and he jumps out of the helicopter was it just to be a missile to hit the other helicopter so John- to like he's a human bullet I suppose just to take down the helicopter yeah <sighs> okay because I, di- I, I didn't quite get that I was just like okay and because they knew it was like they knew John Connor was going to appear the moment they got to Skynet anyway and he did appear anyway but just another way of having him say I'll be back do you think like Arnold Schwarzenegger will have I'll be back on his tombstone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love Arnie, so if he does have that, that'll be, you know, pretty cool. That would be a kind of a nice nod, like, uh, you know, he lives on and everything and you maybe he'll come back and time travel or whatever, you know, that's there's something in that. I don't know, there, there felt like too many loopholes in this film. You know, like the fact that John Connor still exists, you know, that they might not even conceive him. Like, will they even bother having John now like that there's no chemistry between them they didn't mate as pops puts it you know did you mate which also got some laughs but i suppose if they bother conceiving someone that's probably who will send back pops in the future whatever new actor they set up to take over the terminator series uh will have sent back arnie if the rights go back to james cameron do you think he'll do another terminator maybe a tv series or something which explores the world more but i sort of feel like i mean these films are not working you sort of need to go back to basics maybe he could do like a graphic novel series or something well he wouldn't do like a aliens versus terminator type movie that would that would be something they would have to outsource but if he just owns the rights and people just keep making them i mean you want to see that kind of star wars it's going to like 
what George Lucas has done. Like he sold it to Disney. It's going to have a life. They're making standalone movies. They've just announced a Han Solo. Yeah, movie. I heard about that. Young Han Solo. Yeah. Um, so you want to see it kind of have that life for future generations. But I think it's just going to be something they stop doing. You know, no more Terminators after this trilogy. James Cameron will say it needs a rest. Raymond Chandler said um, they asked him, "Well, aren't you disappointed with what Hollywood's done to your movies, uh, to your books?" And he said, well, no, my books are right there, you know, like uh, imp- implying that the movies haven't diluted the power and effectiveness of his books are there forever. Uh, but I don't feel that way with movies like, um, you know, p- people can always say, oh, you can just go back and enjoy Terminator 1 and 2. That is true to an extent, but I do feel the sequels have diluted some of the magic of 1 and 2. Uh, like to a certain extent and i want to give the example like of a kid experiencing terminator for the first time during those precious influential years if their experience of terminator is terminator genesis is terminator salvation they will have nothing of the experience that we had when we saw saw terminator one and two which was uh, you can't deny you might say it's nostalgia but you can't deny the fact that it is a far superior movie than the Terminator Salvations and Genesis. Terminator 1 and 2 are brilliantly told and beautiful, beautifully done stories, you know. And if kids are experiencing Salvation and um, uh, Genesis, it, it's just a really bad thing that hurts the franchise, I think. Agreed. And we, we talked about how nostalgia sells the other week with Jurassic World and the fact that they did it right you know and here like you say it has been diluted you know but the future is not set as they say in terminator genesis (laughs) i have a real issue with the time travel maybe this was something that they covered in another movie but they say very specifically no metal or clothing when you time travel yeah how do terminators get back well they travel through living uh they're embodied with living tissue that that's why um the Terminator couldn't travel back because his arm had been like all the living tissue had been melted off his right arm, so he couldn't travel back. Otherwise, he'd have too much damage or something. He'd damage him. But they referred they refer to it as like a microwave. So having metal inside would still be bad. But not if it's encased in living tissue. I've done tests. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess. Oh uh, man, I don't know. There's also a line where um somebody points out that like john connor can't kill sarah and carl without killing himself you know uh he can't kill his own parents because then he won't exist and he's sort of monologuing john connor uh sort of says something about you know uh he can do anything he wants and they're outside the time streams so like the rules don't apply which is such a convenient fix (laughs) because it almost would have been better if he couldn't kill them but he just wanted them to join him and he was trying to change them like infect them with whatever he had because that's not killing them but he has to make sure they live you know he if they were in danger of dying on that bus sequence maybe he could have saved them you know and been like i didn't want to save you but i don't know i feel like having a liquid metal arnie will be kind of a terrible thing in the next movie if they make it i mean that will dilute it even more so people have said arnie would only be on board for one more film if they did do a trilogy but I think I figure that's a negotiation tactic. Like you would, if you were Arnie, you would say, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll do more." And then they give you a hundred million dollars, and you do. Just like how James Cameron got bought into selling this movie. Yes, with his hundred million dollars. <laughs> that's why it won't make money because of how much they've paid everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, that was Terminator Genesis here on Podme. If you can, next time we're going to talk about Ryan Gosling's writer director uh, of Lost River his directorial debut uh he's not in the film but you can rent it on itunes in australia and i'm guessing in the states and uh we'll be discussing his film i mean i'm looking forward to it lloyd but first i just thought before we go i should ask you about this because you're a big batman fan did you see the news mr affleck will be writing direct co-writing directing a standalone batman movie really what after batman vs superman yes okay um i think uh but um Ben Affleck is an absolutely incredible director, um, so I can't wait to see his rendition of um, Batman. I think it um, would be very interesting. I'm assuming he's going to star in it as well? I assume so, yes. Yeah, so I would love to see that. There were rumours, it was really cute... Um, in the early millennia, um, there were, like early 2000s, I should say, that Orson Welles had tried to write and direct and star in his own um, 
Batman film and it, what it was somebody just edited pieces together to make it look like that and it was like a lost film and the idea that somebody would take a great comic book story like Batman and uh, somebody who's a great writer director and actor um, so I'd really be curious to see that I think it's a fantastic idea if that's true well yeah it's, that's what's happening now I mean there's no release date yet but it sort of makes sense to like he's in the franchise now you know he's playing batman and just to uh, attach himself as a director is going to be a a win for um the film i have my doubts for batman versus superman uh oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, I just don't think Zack snyder is that unless he has a very good script uh, i don't think this movie will be good like uh, nothing against the actors or anything um uh, you know zach uh, snyder's um past films uh, mainly sucker punch and 300 for me are examples of a director who just isn't adequate to deal with the um dynamics of batman yeah uh they have been saying though man of steel which we talked about on the podcast before uh, you can find all our podcasts at podmeifyoucan.com, by the way. Um, we, Man of Steel, they've been saying that the fact that he destroyed most of Metropolis all ties into this Batman-Superman, like, as if it was intentional, you know? I remember the end of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and they were very specifically showing all of the heroes saving all of the humans, you know, mm. as things collapsed around them in the third act. And it's so fascinating the way superhero movies affect each other so we'll see how uh, dawn of justice affects future uh, uh, age of ultron not age of ultron avengers movies and i'm not and, one um, of the haters i really hope for a good movie that's all i hope for a really fun movie you know i want to have as much fun as i did with jurassic world and i don't think jurassic world is a great movie you can go back and listen to that podcast but i did enjoy it and it was absolutely worth 20 dollars to go see it and it's absolutely worth buying on blu-ray for me anyway that's how much fun i had with it oh yeah jurassic world i mean i had a lot of fun with it and i much more fun nostalgically watching jurassic world than terminator yeah genesis was just not mind-numbing uh, it's not painful um it's just mind-numbing <laughs> oh, one more thing about it remember when matt smith was being projected a million yeah. times why did they have all those little projectors <laughs> like wouldn't one or two if they were walking through multiple rooms you feel like he would continue to pop up in each room or whatever but they just kept shooting them there was like 800 <laughs> it was ridiculous anyway lots of problems with this movie you can find lots of problems with it online every review seems to be pretty rotten and uh yeah terminator genesis i, I feel they will make three lloyd uh, but yeah time will tell. well i was right about this not being a good movie from the trailers and i think I'm going to say that they're just from the brutal reactions of everyone, depending on how this sells overseas, because it's already bombed in America. If this fails overseas, I don't think they'll go ahead with a two and three. I think what what happened with Terminator Salvation will happen with this film. And it's really unfortunate because I, I, I don't think Jai Courtney deserves this much hate um, from the film nerds. I, I think he's a very good actor who just hasn't been given the right opportunity to showcase his abilities. And it's unfortunate that people are saying he's going to be the next Sam Worthington. You know, he's just not that good and disappears. See, I mean, you'd want him to be the next Hugh Jackman. Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, he seems like a really nice guy as well, and uh, it's not his fault his agent's getting him really bad movies, you know. He's, he's definitely paying well, the bills with these really movies. He's got really big movies. He's had big movies that just haven't opened well. Yeah. Like, people know his name. He's out there. He's going to be in Suicide Squad with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. He's He's got a lot on the horizon. It's just that... He's having the kind of year Taylor Kitsch had the other year when he was in John yeah, that's Carter. A great, yeah, that's a great comparison. And everyone thought, oh, that's going to be great. And he's, what, he was Gambit in the Wolverine? Cool. And, you know, pff, nothing. Anyway, uh, if they do bring back any Terminator films, the one thing I'll say is I think they need to give Arnie a proper exit. I think you need to retire the T-800 character. I think you need... Well, I suppose he's something different now with Liquid Metal, but you need to have him sacrifice himself save sarah connor save carl reese exit the series you know yeah, solidly it doesn't have like it'll never top the great death of terminator 2 which was the greatest exit probably one of the greatest exits in all of cinema but i just wanted to be a respectful close to his you know and that would be i think uh some redemption there for the for the franchise if you can 
coherently make a film in the next one in Terminator Genesis series uh, and write out the Arnold Schwarzenegger character. You know, uh, did you spot the Robert Patrick cameo? No, I, I read that. I was like, what? Robert Patrick is in this? I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it either, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it must have been Blink and you miss it, but I missed it. Anyway, maybe give this one a miss. You can uh, <laughs> find you can find more from us at podmeifyoucan.com. We've got a link there to our YouTube page, which is obscure films with famous stars in them. They're a lot of fun to do. We're approaching our 100th episode. Uh, we're in the you know 80s or something now. I'm not sure uh, exactly what number we're up to as this goes to air, but uh, on our way. Looking forward to doing some more of those soon, Lloyd. And uh, next time, Lost River. And we'll talk to you then. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me If You Can. Movie Reviews. 